hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Kyle McLaren and Producer T. Producer T, we'll start with you this week. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I feel like I missed out on some fun last night with you boys on the after hours, but no, I'm doing good. The weather's great. You know, can you really, well, I mean, the Sharks aren't in the playoff bracket other than that. I mean, but yeah. But we, knew, but we knew that six months ago, so hey, what's changed? Literally, literally, right? <laughs> We've seen this coming for a long time. Exactly. Kyle, how are you doing? You a little bit hungover from uh, the Hockey Podcast Network After Hours show last night? Yeah, After Hours kind of kicked my ass. And again, I was doing a garage sale from Friday night to last night, and I had my mother-in-law's birthday, and, and it was just it was a shit show, but it was a great shit show. But I'm uh, I'm feeling it, definitely feeling it still today. You know, and it's what six thirty tonight, and I just can't wait to crawl in the bed tonight. Well, hey, speaking of garage sales, it looks like you got your internet from a garage sale. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's doing a little rough. Don't there, even, but... don't even, don't even talk to me. If it's not working, I'm gonna be screwed. All right. Well, this is gonna be an interesting episode, though. This is uh, we'll call it the fan special. Because we're bringing in a bunch of diehard fans from the Stick Hungry podcast in. Uh, we got five to ten of them joining us later in the show. It's uh, it's going to get heated. I, I can imagine it's going to be something else. Kyle, Kyle's video just dropped. Oh, he's, he's back in there now. Um, but before we continue, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. If you're watching on Twitter live, you're obviously already following the show. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. Producer T, where can the fans follow you? At producer underscore T-E-E. And Kyle, you, you got it ready this week or what? Yes, it's <laughs> McLaren underscore K. Honestly, Kyle, Kyle literally took me like six months to not say <laughs> in my Twitter feed. So you're good. And Seriously. he still doesn't I never, know what I, you never, I never look at what I have. I mean, I, I mean exactly. it I mean, is what it is, but I never look at my profile. And uh, Producer T still doesn't know what the open phone number is, so I don't even bring it up anymore because it's, it's, a, it's just a bad look on us when he butchers it every single goddamn week. I think I got it once after like three months and then I lost it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and by the way, folks, check out our apparel store. Uh, we got some great stuff. We got some new designs on there. Uh, I actually put out a mask design today, so uh, keep safe uh, in this whole COVID era with your Stick Hungry podcast. Mask, the next 20 purchases are entered to win an Evander Kane signed puck. How about that? Hell of a prize. Sweet. It's not, it's, like not it. quite, it's not quite a signed Kyle McLaren puck, but I think it'll do. I, th- I think our fans will still like it. Yep. I actually agree. I mean, everyone loves Evander Kane, so you know what? Why not? Absolutely. Uh, Producer T, have you checked out the new designs in the store? Yeah, I did, man. It looks pretty good. I, I feel kind of bummed that I bought it on the previous design now. 
I mean, I bought it on the previous design. Now you got new fucking sweet swag. I gotta buy another sweater, another t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can I can hook you with the t-shirt. They're actually sending me some samples over. Uh, what for apparel is sending me samples, so I'll be able to promote that. I'll slang you a t-shirt. Don't you worry. Kyle, I might even throw a t-shirt your way too. I don't know if these will fit you, but uh Hey, you know what? I'll think, you know what? Cause cause Kyle had the manscaped, I'll take the two t-shirts. I never got the So how about that? <laughs> yeah, I I think they're sending me a manscaped package, but I think they looked at producer T. They're like, no, we're not giving this guy shit. <laughs> yeah. This is three months, three months of hard work right here. Yeah, exactly. They figure like this guy's gonna get no use out of it, so why even bother sending? <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, let's start off with some news while I invite all of our, uh, diehard fans into the show. The Seattle NHL franchise finally named their team the Seattle Kraken. Initial thoughts, boys. What do you think on the name? Seattle Kraken. Kyle, I'll let you take this one first. All right. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't mind the design. Kraken is something a little different, but it's, it, it is, it's, it's a name that you can't go wrong with. You know what I mean, like you really can't. But I mean, the, the name is something you got to get warmed up to. But I like the jerseys. I like where they're going with it. I like the design. Um, just cracking. Do you know what I mean like that's the only thing? It's it's just. I mean, it's a mythical creature, right? But it's something that it has to grow on me over time. But again, between the jerseys, the color scheme, and what they're trying to do, I like it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think literally, like you said, like I think they made the decision based on what they can move forward with design wise, with color wise. Because I think the S is sick. Like I think the I and the S is dope. I think the color schemes that they're coming forward with, from what I've seen, from like the sweaters, the jerseys, like all that's like sweet. But like you said, though, it, it's I mean, how is a mythical Nordic creature? anything to do with seattle like yeah. uh, this literally the only thing right like what the fuck is cracking to seattle yeah. i mean otherwise and like they i think they've made the smartest business choice like they, like if i'm a tourist going to seattle i'm gonna go out my way to get something from the kraken compared to maybe like the sockeyes or you know yeah. anything like that, the thunderbirds like i think this has kind of that uniqueness where anywhere in the world you're wearing that s with that kraken it's gonna sell so I really think they made a smart business choice. Maybe they didn't make the smartest, like, I mean, heritage to Seattle-wise, like where's the connection to Seattle. But otherwise, I mean, you can't really go wrong with it. I, and I don't know if you've seen some of the, the color designs, Kyle, but fuck, some of the color combinations look really sick. Yeah, like I mean, there was a dude that had that tattoo on that I saw yesterday. And it went, God, I mean, it looks good. I, I love the colors. I mean, it's, yeah. it's different. You mean totally. Thunderbirds to me would have made sense with the WHL team is, is uh, name that, but you know what? I mean, it's better than totems. It's, it's something that is just, it's unique to maybe Seattle. And again, I don't really know, but it works, but it's something that you have to get used to. It's not just a name that rolls off your tongue. All oh. right, everybody. We have our first fans joining us on the show. Joshua Zalk, Zach Croft. You all know Zach. Um, and uh, James Halsey is also in the lobby, but he's trying to figure out his mic and his camera, the double whammy. Uh, but Josh, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How about you all? Uh, we're doing just fine. I'm liking the hat there. I'm liking it. 
Sweet Thank hat. you. I actually got that hat uh, the night of Timo Meyer's hat trick, and it didn't end up on the ice, so free hat somehow. <laughs> it didn't end up on the ice? What kind of fan are you? Come on, man. <laughs> you got to throw it for the hattie. Exactly. Uh, Zach Croft, I knew you would join us. How you doing, buddy? All right. How are you guys? Oh, not too shabby. Not too shabby. And we also have in here Mr. Nick Floor, hey. guest. He figured out – he sent me a message today saying, you know what, I want to jump on this thing. I'm going to run up to Target and get a webcam. Couldn't find a webcam. He went out to Best Buy. Nope. Couldn't find a webcam. But nope. you know what? Here he is with a webcam. Where where'd you end up finding that? Wife loaned me her laptop. So shout out to my wife for uh, giving me the laptop usage so that way I could come on the show tonight. I love it. I love it. And James, we're also joined by James. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you all doing? Not too bad. I'm liking the jersey. Kyle, Kyle's not a Thank big you. fan of us uh, wearing jerseys. I don't know if anyone tuned into the Hockey Podcast Network after hours. He's ripping on something <laughs> for wearing jerseys. I don't, Zach, Zach, I know you were watching that. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I'm glad this Vegas guy is not here. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I love it. Uh, before we get going, actually, I want you guys all to uh, shout out your Twitter handles. So I'll start off with Josh. Where can the fans find you on Twitter? Uh, at jzalk. And I have, a, I have a really long name, but the at is jzalk, five letters. There you go. Nice and simple. Uh, Zach? Uh, Zachman200. And me. Nick? I'll call you back. It's going to be at NickFloor underscore. What happened to the 94, by the way? It just it rhymes so well. Yeah. Yeah, we know. We just had to kick it out of there. We didn't okay. want to show how young I was. <laughs> Fair enough. And James, where can the fans find you? Uh, at some kind of James. There we go. Actually, that's that's a hell of a Twitter handle. I like that. That's way the fuck better Thank than you. mine. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't uh, find me uh, posting all about my beer league mishaps. There you go. There you go. So, guys, we started off by talking about the Seattle Kraken. Now, I want to know your guys' thoughts. Zach, I already know your thoughts on this one. You're pissed. You don't like the franchise. But I want to know what you guys think of the name and the logo and the jerseys, just the whole setup that they got going in Seattle. Uh, but I'll start with the name. What do you guys think of the name, the Kraken? Pretty good. I would, I would have to say. I know it doesn't have any homage. I was listening earlier, so I'm going to snap it from a producer T. There's no homage to sit, like the city of Seattle at all. But it's a badass fucking name. It's a mythological creature. It's something that will allow, like, even the casual people to be like, oh, shit, Kraken, that sounds pretty fucking badass. So I'm going to go buy some gear. And I'm, what do they already have? 50% more gear sales than Vegas in the first 24-hour period? Yeah, they're killing it with their uh, gear, si- uh, gear sales so far. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. The jerseys are pretty nice. The, the oh, name jerseys. I get, the, like, as many fans as possible. Like, it's not about creating, like, a Seattle home scene, right? Like, it's totally about getting any guy that's coming to Seattle, any tourist coming to Seattle, you want to buy a Seattle Kraken shirt. I think that's 100% what this is all about. Same with, the, like, the name of the arena, Climate Pledge Arena. I mean, that, it's, all a, it's all about the big bucks here, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an attention grabber for sure. Yeah, it's I definitely mean, gonna be called. It's definitely gonna be called the Crack House. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know Home of I mean? the crackheads, right? All the fans yes. of the crackheads. We're all gonna be on yep. crack by the yeah. end of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the name. I just don't think it sounds that good. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. 
but their logo and their jerseys, I think they killed it. And over time, I mean, I'll get used to the name, the Kraken, it's fine. The one thing that disappointed me, though, everybody was talking about the Kraken for, like, I don't know, a year and a half coming up to this. I wanted to be surprised, and I was not surprised when I heard the Kraken, so that's one thing that let me down. So how many guys in this chat are actually going to buy Seattle merchandise? Well, you want me to answer that question? <laughs> Diehard San Jose fans, I love it. Can I ask you, though, Dylan, what would have been a name that would have surprised you? Well, that's the thing. I would have been surprised. I, I don't know. I wanted them to surprise me, right? Like, I mean, the, the, like, it was either going to be the Thunderbirds. Um, what's the Buddy, sound? I don't get paid millions of dollars to figure out a name. Like, <laughs> I wanted those guys to figure it out. I mean, if you'd have been surprised, you probably wouldn't have fucking wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. fair enough. I, I was a fan of the Sockeyes. I, I did like that, but... You know, I'm fine with Kraken. Well, uh, we'll crack some Kraken for that. I agree with the Sockeyes, except for the fact that, like, if I'm, again, if I'm a tourist coming into Seattle, do I really want a shirt with just a Sockeye fucking salmon on it? Like, no, genuine. Like, that doesn't get me pumped up, right? That doesn't make me feel like I want to get there. Yeah, I'm walking around with a salmon, you know? You want something. So I really think they at least they, they did I would I would buy a, a shirt with the, the dope S on it, like the good colors. The I good think they're color. gonna go all out on the alternate logo. Yeah, I love that alternate logo with the uh, space yeah. needle and the anchor. Perfect. Yeah, and Kyle, you brought up that tattoo that uh, some dudes already got with the, the anchor and the S worked into it. Man, that, that actually yep. looks pretty sick. Yeah, you mean they go with that for their third jerseys and stuff. I mean that's that that's dope. I mean the Kraken and me again. It's it's a. I don't get the name, but I get it. But the color scheme and the whole thing is different than what you see on regular jerseys. And people don't like the red. We're not having white on their jerseys. But you know what? Those jerseys, they just look new. They look like something like you haven't seen before, which I like. It'd be so, kind of it'd kind of suck if you went for that tattoo and they'd psych him out and change the name the next day, though, eh? <laughs> like commitment right there right <laughs> commitment well hey at least it looks good at least it's not just like some random tattoo of a logo right it's until they call it enough. Sock you know what's that until they call him sockeye sporo yeah, awesome. get, get a big salmon tattooed across your chest <laughs> and you'll be looking full of silly uh, good stuff. Um, you guys see the news uh, about Paul Chaika actually leaving the Arizona Coyotes today what, what did you guys – I don't know if you all saw the, the statement from the Arizona Coyotes, but what did you guys think of that? I thought it was – I thought it was a little brash what they put out there. I wasn't too impressed. It was kind of unprofessional, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so let's run around the table and see what you guys think of uh, this whole situation in Arizona and their 15 fans. I heard rumors about Kaylor Hall's contract. <laughs> Think how bad that contract was they offered him. And you think that's the reason why they or Chica quit, or what's the what's the rumor you heard about that? I just saw a post on uh, I saw a random post saying I think I, I don't think it's I don't know if it's false or not, but I just saw a post saying that Taylor Hall got a deal that he wasn't happy with. Uh, that might have been from Kyle McLaren's burner account, so I don't know how much stuff <laughs> yes. in that. Uh, how about the the other guys? What do you guys think about this whole situation? Did you like how the Coyotes handled it? Or uh, do you think they're a little offside? I, would, uh, I personally did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I would say they were a little uh, offside because I actually saw a fan comment 
uh, that basically saying if uh, the coyotes were to say something like that, then it indicates a toxic workplace because that fan responded, okay, I can see why uh, the Arizona GM left in this situation because yeah, I mean, who who talks like that to their employees, you know? So I'm not sure of the entire story, to be brutally honest, but that's that's my inclination that there could be something wrong with the Arizona front office. And uh, James, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, kind of in a different boat. I think the way that they handled it was uh, actually somewhat okay. I think the way that he left, uh, although not a whole lot has come out about that yet, uh, seems pretty rushed and not necessarily the most professional way of leaving. Uh, I appreciate that they didn't want to get into it too much and just wanted to focus on their uh, Stanley Cup run. And uh, we have a new member joining us on the podcast. Uh, Steve has joined us with the best backdrop I have ever seen on <laughs> A's Zoom meeting. Uh, Steve, how are you doing today, buddy? Good. Good to see you guys. Yeah, likewise. Uh, man, that, that man cave you got going on with all, this, all the sharks, autographs, and the pucks, you, you just got everything there. It's, it's amazing. You know, I, it's the players that have been cool because I've mailed all around the world for autographs and everybody's been great. I mean, people have been, like Perry Anderson invited me to call him and people are just very cool. I mean, all the players have been great. You donate a few pucks to the hockey gods, but that's part of the deal. So, you know, postage awesome. is the main cost. And I think you even got some signed memorabilia from uh, Mr. Kyle McLaren here on the podcast, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I want to meet up with you, Kyle, or get some more stuff to you. Always Sweet. Where's my, where's, where's my signed puck at? Do you know where it is right now? Uh, Shit, that's a lot of pucks. Let's see. It's one of the thousand on the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's back there somewhere. It's back there. <laughs> it's over there. Uh, Steve will be back in 20 minutes. Uh, uh, He's digging through pucks. He's trying to look for Kyle's. I mean, no, don't Kyle, worry about it. Kyle, I'm just disappointed that your puck is not front and center. I mean, he should know where that is, like, right off the should bat. Should have been prepped and ready. Right. Should That's ready. Sure. It should be right next to Wayne Primo and Scott Thornton's autograph. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There but, uh, you know, like I said, I had a few of them ball, so I stuck them back up on there. So uh, sometimes, you know, have a little avalanche of pucks. If there's ever an earthquake, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. That, that's why, Steve. You should move to Canada. <laughs> hey, I'm in Sacramento. We're pretty safe, so you know. There you go, Steve. There you Steve, go. we got to meet up at a bar sometime, my guy. Where you at? I'm. A, I'm in North Sacramento right now myself. Oh, I'm in Rancho Cordova. Oh, there you go. You're just uh, 50 yeah. away from me. I wish I could actually drink. I'm, you know, dealing with a, a tumor and I'm on some meds and I haven't had a beer in a year. So I miss drinking bad. So, you know, someday, but I can meet you. You can have a drink and I'll have a Coke. There we go. There we go. Well, there we'll do go. that then. There you go. Or, We're making friends yet. Hungry Podcast. I love it. Better yet, we can drive down to San Jose. There we, we go. Going yeah. Damn, do I miss San Jose so bad. <laughs> But you might have to do the teeth if you're with me, though. I don't know if you've seen us. Hold on a second. This 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 guy's got a little a little of everything, man. It's uh those lights are kind of tripping me out too, man. It's uh he's got a little rave going on. The, I doubt the players <laughs> ever notice this, but we're in the crowd with these. Oh wow! Oh, that is sick. So, awesome. <laughs> that, <laughs> love it. That's that is so it's always pretty fun. 
If yeah. you ever look at you this. Gotta, you gotta... Oh, uh -oh. Kyle, uh, Kyle. Kyle tried to jump in, but he's got... Uh... He's got his Newcastle internet acting up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's been having garage sales for the last two days, so I told him it looks like his internet was bought at a garage sale. Kyle, you back with us? What were you about to say? I'm trying to. My internet, my internet is awful. You guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple of the Stick Hungry podcast. Yeah. Oh, shit internet. <laughs> It adds some charm to the whole production value. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Uh, I think Steve's trying to come back in here. I don't know where producer T went, honestly. I mean, that guy just gets up and walks out mid-podcast. What the fuck there is that? Is. Bathroom break. <laughs> Got to be a bathroom break. It has to be. I mean, knowing producer T might be a little smoke break, too. But uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a cheapy laptop, so it locked up because I couldn't see you guys anymore. So, well, you're you're lagging a little bit, and I know you said you but, feel great yeah. right now, but it sounds like you've been doing. If you look at a black dog video, they... <laughs> like I said, I'm on a cheapy laptop. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's actually worse than mine. <laughs> it's very cheap. My other laptop went down. All right. Uh, before we move on, actually, we were talking about the Seattle Kraken. Steve, I just want your opinion. What do you think of the name, the Kraken, and what do you think of the logo? Do you like it or you don't like it? Well, I heard they have a male and female uh, mascot. The male's name is Phil, and the female's name is Mai. Phil, are you Mai. sure? Are you are you sure it's not Davy Jones? <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Yeah, you get it. I don't know. You know, oh, people geez. thought the Sharks were probably stupid, but I don't like it. But it is what it is. You know, just another team that we need to beat. That's all that matters. So, uh, Producer T, you're back with us. How was the smoke break? It was a good one. Good little talk, you know. Mid-podcast, you know, you couldn't prepare. You couldn't do it before. You had to do it right in the middle of the podcast. When a man got to piss, a man got to piss. What do you want me to do? Man, Why do you think I have a water bottle next to me, bud? Come on, I'm a professional. <laughs> the one thing that I am not is professional. <laughs> yeah, Keep it consistent, I, right? Keep it consistent. Exactly. <laughs> he, knows, he knows, he knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I should have known that. Uh, before we move on, I just want to give a quick shout out to Manscaped. You can use our promo code THPN for 20% off your next purchase from Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a hell of a product. Kyle's been using it. He's been using the ball toner. He's been using all that stuff. Kyle, you, you still loving the Manscaped product? I'm sure you are. Still loving it. You mean I'm almost out of my lotion and my spray. So, uh, but you know, the, the shaver itself pays for itself actually after about two weeks. But you know, if you don't have one, go get one, use a promo code. And you know, I still use it to this day. Kyle, your life is going to change for the worse once you're done with that ball toner. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the one thing that's keeping Kyle McLaren together right now is the Manscaped ball toner. <laughs> I'm not being, yes, it is. If the, if the ball toner can last a whole pandemic, like we're like it's it's lasting pretty good here. I mean, I'm hoping we're getting we're, hey, we're getting close. Yeah, we're almost done with it, but we're getting close. You've been home a lot. I'm sure you've been uh, <laughs> keeping a bit more attention down there, getting a bit more use. I, I I'd be pretty proud of that. Right? That yeah. Well, hey, the lawnmower the lawnmower 3.0 works well for me. He's been drinking tons of beers, everybody. <laughs> right? Well, that's true too. <laughs> uh, well, he's, like he's, I said, he's shaving different designs in it's starting to get yeah. intricate and beautiful no, there's, no, there's no yeah there's no there's no designs 
You get like the strike, like guys get on the side of their head, but just you know down there, that's you know mix it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, Kyle's shaking his head. No, Um, (laughs) but if you do like, we're speaking of of drinking. If you do want to see Cassie Clare just absolutely plastered. Go check out Podcast yeah, Network. If you want to see a player get plastered, ask Rafi Torres. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually had a beer with him last year at the NHL alumni event I went to, so that was fun. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, fuck Rafi Torres, that guy had, uh, that guy had quite the career. Um, all right, let's let's get into some a little bit of San Jose Sharks talk. I want to know from you guys. You guys are obviously diehard Sharks fans. What do you think went wrong this season? In just a few words, what do you think was the major thing that went wrong with the Sharks? Uh, let's start with Josh. What do you think went wrong? Uh, not signing a top six forward and not addressing the goaltending. Yeah, no, that's – I'll go along with that. Zach, what are you thinking? Injuries. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's an easy one. Blame it on the injuries. I don't know. Uh, well, we weren't healthy. That's another thing. Eric Carlson got injured. Do I have to go on? There you go. Eric Carlson got injured. Who else was injured? Logan Couture. Everybody. Logan Couture was injured. Everybody was injured. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every team has injuries, though. You got to have that depth. Yeah. You know what? Our cap space is right now screwed. So there you go. The flat cap is not good for us, unfortunately. Huge, huge setup. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, especially with those big contracts, you'd expect it to go up a little bit, have that percentage of your cap hit come down, but it's not happening for the Sharks moving forward. Uh, let's move on to Nick. What are you thinking? What went wrong this season? I think it was a, a morality thing. Uh, good old Pavelski didn't resign with us. So when your captain moves on and goes to a different team, you look for a, a different point of leadership and, uh, Couture, he stepped in. I mean, he did his job per se, but there was an interview with Martin Jones where he said when shit started essentially to fall apart, everyone went their own way. No one really bought into the same uh, idea. And then you see DeBoer get shipped out. Bugner came in. It it was just a a real fucked up season, especially with the injuries where the majority of your core players are out. Hurdle with his uh, ACL tear. Couture with his ankle problem. Carlson injuring fucking who knows this time. I think it was a wrist or or something. I got to say one thing. Do you guys really think the Sharks really need a captain this season? Yes. Yes. I don't think yes. I don't think they did. They failed yes. to one of the biggest failures of this season was the lack of that they didn't replace Pavelski. Everything that he did last year in that playoffs, that pivotal role, literally the whole city, everything revolved around Pavelski, his injury and everything. And then he left and it was no one. I mean, how can you let that huge hole in the dressing room? Just be there, whole. Like that would drag. I mean, I, I mean, Kyle, you're the professional here, but for me, losing that leadership, that role model, that literally who got the whole city behind him. I mean, that's a huge thing to lose, and they didn't address yeah. it at all. They didn't even try. Yeah, no, they, they, yeah you're exactly right. They didn't address it at all. You know, they have older leaders, but he was a staple in that locker room. And you know what? When you lose that voice. You're trying to find another voice. And to me, you went, Logan is a great captain, but he's no Pavelski. And you went, Joe uh, Thornton could have came captain, but you went, now he's at his twilight of his career. So to me, is should they have had one? Eh, it doesn't really matter. 
But he was a big voice in that locker room that more than people know. And he went, he's still a big voice in the Dallas Stars. He's first year there, and they love having him in that locker room just because of the experience that he brings. That is why I'm picking Dallas to go far in the playoffs. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, Pavs was pivotal to the team. I'm sure yep. we've all seen the uh, the inside the locker room footage of him against the Arizona Coyotes, where he basically cusses out fucking everybody from Marlowe to Jumbo to Brent Burns. But and, I mean, he he turns it around completely. The last time it, we didn't have a captain was 2015, and yeah. we we sucked as well. So like we it's we just need not that. Pavelski though. We had, we met, we we lost on Donskoy, lost on Justin Braun. Yeah. It was yeah, a they didn't sign sure. back Nyquist. We, we, we lost depth is what we lost. We, could, we, we should have signed Nyquist. That was a mistake. I, I think that's why it's more than just injuries because we lost so much depth. I mean, even if one or two guys, the top teams, every team loses one or two guys. Every single team loses one, two, three, four guys. It's about who has the people to step in, right? But yeah. we did, we made, I feel like we made no real effort to fill any gaps last offseason. It's like it's a this season was a surprise to me how badly we did, but maybe it shouldn't have been. Maybe it shouldn't have been because really Pavelski, like we just talked about, all these gaps weren't filled. The goaltending wasn't addressed. Pavelski wasn't addressed. All of it. Like, what do we expect? Should we have expected this last year? Yeah, I mean, uh, when you lose three uh, three really good right wingers, I mean, you're gonna lose a bunch of goals. And the fact that you only addressed it. With Patrick Marlowe, who you signed a little bit late, didn't get a training camp, and then you signed uh, Stefan Nation. That's not a lot of goals to replace all the guys you lost. So uh, just the net loss was pretty outrageous because when they lost Marlowe in 17-18, they had Timo Meyer to replace those goals, and the Sharks didn't skip a beat. They didn't have anything like that this year. None of them were ready, and DW hyped up uh, the prospects way too much. So that, that's, many, that's, my, that's my take Too many on that. eggs in the Eric Carlson basket. I mean, you look at the money that he commanded in the percentage of cap that he takes away from the rest of the team. Like, I'm not shitting on Eric Carlson as a player, but when you could sign essentially two great right wingers for the price of, you know, combined of the cap that he takes up, it's and then he becomes injured, you, you just kind of fucked at that point. <laughs> Without a it's, doubt. It, it kind of sucks, though, because Eric Carlson was supposed to be that signing that really pushed us above, that made it where we were going to win that Stanley Cup. But it's ended up turning to be the signing that's really dragging us down now. It, it's really turned really quickly into that, you know, that franchise-defining moment where, you know, we're not, no longer contenders, we're champions, to, you know, he's dragging us down. So it's a really difficult position now because do we get rid of that player that we brought in to be the talisman? Because that's, from my experience, that's what he was. He was brought in and he was going to be our go-to guy. He was going to be the guy that lead, led the team basically over that line to a championship. And it's ended up being at this horrible situation. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking shitty, to be honest. Hey, would you have rather kept Brendan Dillon and traded away Carlson? 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, would, I would have never done that Whole, Carlson wholeheartedly, trade. Wholeheartedly. I like the physical demon. <laughs> yeah. Brendan Dillon was literally what we're missing right now. We're missing yeah, that tiny demon. That concentrates on fucking defense. Let all our D guys are about the next step going forward. We need to protect Martin Jones and, and Brent, you know he's not that good back there. We need some like structure back there, and they're just thinking about moving forward. Like every single time, Brendan, I, I honestly think that um, sorry that Dylan was literally 
one of our best players early in the season. I think yeah. as soon as it went away, it really started to break down even more. I think that was the yeah. time that the team gave up. That, yeah. was, that, was, that was Wilson basically saying that, that the season's over. We're, we're losing our, for me, our best D-man. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, ultimately, that's, that's okay, I guess, if it starts going downhill, if you have your first-round pick. But we always exactly. first-round pick, so that really shot us in the foot. They Can did get one Josh back, though. Sorry, Josh, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, I mean, they got one back, luckily, from the Barkley Goodrow trade, but that's still – that's going to be, like, around 20 spots down, so you're not going to get as good of a yeah. player. Yeah, they're top four on the East, so they don't even do yeah. qualifying round. Yeah, exactly. What do you guys think – who do you think Doug Wilson takes with that pick? A forward defenseman or maybe even a goaltender? Nobody. He trades it for a right winger. Yep. Ron Besser. <laughs> Doug Wilson loves trading. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. And Nick, the, the part I liked most about your answer was you have props in the background. It's like you were ready to give that answer of the jerseys of the guys you were talking about. That's uh yeah. that's Doug Wilson. Next, that's some next That took so stuff. long to find. I'm not even gonna discuss here how long it took for me to find an original nineteen ninety two captain seventy five year anniversary jersey. That was so fucking hard to find. Well worth it, though. I like it. Just yeah. uh, talk to Steve or Zach. I'm sure they can get Doug Wilson to autograph that bad boy for you. Hey, Doug oh. Wilson, sign my banner. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be a dream come true. <laughs> That's it right there. Trying to get Doug Wilson to sign this jersey. I'd That's never wear it though. again. That's the only downside. But I'd, yeah, I'd have to frame it. <laughs> One game, uh, you know, yeah. I, I asked the favor of a staff member at the Sharks. And we got to meet Jumbo after the game. They took us down and had us outside the locker room. It was just Jumbo and me and my friends. And we were sort of like, oh, it's Jumbo. And we were all talking to him. And we were so stupid that we didn't even take a picture. But when we were waiting to talk to him, Doug Wilson pops out and starts talking to us. And we're like, what? So it would have been cool, you know, to have like a jersey or something. But uh, it's amazing. He'll, he just pops out every once in a while. And uh, we were surprised to see him. Doug Wilson's one of the most classiest guys you ever meet in your life. He seems like one of the more on-hand, like hands-on type of GMs as well. You always see the little screenshots of him up in the uh, press boxes doing his own personal scouting. Mm -hmm. Bob Zettler said something in an interview, and it's true. Doug Wilson always looks perfect, like not a hair out of place. It's like, (laughs) shoot, perfect is really funny. It's not funny, but it's just like it's amazing, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's, did you see it's so true. Zach or what? Zach, did you see that when you were talking with him? Yeah, um, I gotta tell you, I actually saw him at the Barracuda game scouting out. He was talking to some fans. That one time I was in town, I was like, and I was able to talk to uh, Doug Wilson during uh, one of the the rookie scrimmage, I believe, in 2017. It was like the mini tournament they had before the preseason. I got to talk to Doug Wilson, thanked him for uh, trading the players that he did in 2015, Martin Jones, and he was instrumental for that cup run. So that was still a great move. And, I mean, I asked him if he felt the team was good to go. This was before 1718, and he said, yep, we're ready. And he turned out to be right and foreshadowed it. So one thing I'm wondering is what he told the fans before this past season if they asked him, oh, is the team going to be ready to go? I wonder what he would have said then. So here's a question I have for you guys. Before all this went down with Pavelski leaving, did we have what it takes to win it, or were we a bridesmaid team? My personal opinion is I understand getting Carlson and doing what he did, 
it just didn't work out. That's what I see. Put it that For way. me, I'm a strong believer that Eric Carlson never got never hurt know. against the Blues. He, they would have won the series and potentially win the cup because his injury was when the team uh, had spiral, had the downward spiral uh, in game five and game six. If Eric Carlson were healthy both those games, and I'm very certain it would have been a different outcome. But uh, that's a uh, what if, Sam, just changing history at this point. So can't I do thought that. he was going to leave after that season. I didn't think he was going to be back myself. Yeah, I thought, well, the, tra- I thought the trade would be a miss. That's what I thought. I mean, if you're in if you're in Doug Wilson's position, if you trade away all that you traded away to acquire Eric Carlson, there's no way you don't re-sign him. Just I mean, just putting yourself in the shoes at the end of that season, you look like such a fucking chump for not re-signing him just because of an injury problem. Of course, hindsight being 2020, we're looking right. back at this season and it was just a flop. But you know, who knows, maybe two or three years down the line, that looks like, you know, what if Rudolph Balsers doesn't pan out? What if Chris Tierney's always just a second-line right. center? You know, what if but Eric Chris Tierney was a good player. Us? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, like, theoretically, in two years, you know, what if Eric right. Carlson ends yeah. up becoming the staple of this franchise? Right. We're, we're looking back at it with, with hindsight, saying, mm. You know what? So we're in a rebuild now. I think we can all kind of agree that the next couple of years are going to be a rebuild, right? I mean, I don't see us getting rid of Carlson. He could still be that talisman. I mean, as he ages, as he grows, he could be that captain, that maybe Pavelski, that he could fill that Pavelski role. Maybe not next year, maybe not in two years, but maybe three, four, five years, right? I mean, yeah. he's not old. Like, we didn't, we didn't sign an old player. Like, we, we got to give him some time. I've been hard, harsh on him all year just because of the way that the cap is, the way that we perform. But he could still totally turn this around. Like, he could be – not well, he could be the next, like, kind of Thornton for this, for this franchise. stays there and he really pushes through because he's going to be our talisman, I think, for the next five, ten years. Because, like that Doug Wilson's not going to get rid of him after the decision we made. No, especially because he has the no movement clause in his contract, anyways. So he would have to essentially agree to a trade. I hope he makes the naysayers eat their words. Exactly. I want to be wrong. I I do too. I've been I've been harsh on Carlson all year, and I would love to be proved wrong. That'd be excellent. I just want the whole team to prove us wrong. That'd be awesome. But I got to agree with what T said. I think we are going to be entering a rebuild phase. We have a very aging core. Uh, we're not a young team. Uh, I think this might just be one of those times we're going to have to buckle down for a few years and rebuild from the ground up. I'm seeing some scared-looking faces after those comments. I, I want to know what you guys think. Do you think the San Jose Sharks are heading towards a rebuild, or do you think they're still going to try and shore up this roster and, uh, and compete for the next few years? Like a reset oh. button? Yeah, no. No, it's not going to be a hard. Oh, not reset. a full reset. It'll not probably be reset. like a setback, maybe two years, maybe you never know. Um, for me, I'm going to go from an optimist point of view and say that I def- if they make the right moves and trade away a big contract this offseason, I think they can definitely compete for a playoff spot if they get that goaltender that competes with Martin Jones. If they get that top six right winger, if they can take care of that, I think they can definitely compete with uh, the good teams, but. But that's the thing. The flat cap makes that really hard, and you need, like, that extra bidding money. So, I mean, but also, even beyond this year, I mean, you have, you're going to deal with aging players. Like, what's going to happen with Couture? What's going to happen with Kane? So, 
I know what the team can do to be really good uh, next year, but what's going to happen in 21-22 and 22-23, the years beyond that? What Are the players going to show upside? Are they going to start declining? So that's also a major question we have to address. But our also main issue also is the, is the minor league team. We didn't do too yeah. well in the minor league either. So we're, our system's not even that great, as you think. No. Yeah, no, I went to enough Barracuda games to agree with that. It was uh, bad, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> well, I that's, why I think, that's why I think we're not, like, a year away from this. We're not even two years away from this. I think we're three, four years away from genuinely challenging for a Stanley Cup. Because we, you look at the NHL in general, man, a lot of teams have some huge players coming in. Their draft picks coming in. Really fucking setting the league alight. We got no one, really. And that shit doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes year after year after year. And I really think that we're a minimum three years, minimum, from really challenging. We've got to fix our yeah. contract, fix our goalies. I, we got to, for me, we've got to fix our defense. I think our defense is probably worse than our goalies if, if Martin Jones didn't maybe do so bad as he did. It's so easy to put all the blame on him. But I think yeah. so much of it has to go on the defense. Yeah, who is the next who is the next best player coming out of Barracuda? Or is it the thing is the thing is is we don't even have draft picks, like a good yeah. draft pick to say, you know what, we're gonna get uh, top three. It's always the top twenty. But who yeah. is that next best player? We it's just like don't three. see it. And you know what? We're always trading for somebody or paying for somebody. So many teams in the NHL now that have that next player. Yeah. They have, like, even two or three next players. Yeah. And it yeah. feels yes. like the pipeline is, is, is behind the rest of the NHL. Yeah. Behind these developing teams. Like, yeah. it, we, I literally just feel like the franchise has been riding this, oh, yeah, we almost made it, we almost made it, we almost made it to the Stanley Cup for so long that we've missed the fact that we've let the youth just kind of fall off. Like we've been riding the same 25, 26, 27, 30, 30 plus. What are we going to do? Yeah, we, we traded away Balsers and Norris. So those were the next two guys that were NHL ready. And, and they're playing in Ottawa, getting their NHL time. So yeah. the only three guys off the top of my head that I can think of are Sasha Chemlevsky, <laughs> Ivan Chukovic, and even Ryan Merkley, who's a big question mark because his attitude and his, his locker room presence doesn't, I mean, he has a bad, you know, track record. He he can be that next Eric Carlson, you know, if you wanted to do a pro player comp, he can be that next player to elevate the team. But I, I agree with T. I mean, we've just been riding the coattails of trade our first rounder for a, a top guy in, on the trade deadline, make a push to the Stanley Cup, you know, get knocked out round two, and yeah. then rinse, wash, and repeat. You know, wash, rinse, and repeat. We're just doing it over and over and over for the last almost 30 years now. Time to pay the piper. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, do you guys realistically think Doug Wilson makes a big splash this offseason? Do you think he moves one of our big players, or do you think he goes into next season hoping this was an off year for a lot of guys, which it was. It was, it was an off year for a lot of our top guys. So you can hope for a bit of a bounce back. Maybe we squeeze into the playoffs next year. But I'll put the question to you guys. Do you think Doug Wilson makes a big move this offseason? Yes. And the reason why I say yes is because he cannot possibly head into this next season and convince the fans they're going to compete. He has to 
make some sort of change to the roster, whether it's trading away one of the large contracts or bringing in a key player like a Tyler Toffoli or an Evgeny Dadunov, something something along those lines that like I discussed with Taylor Hall. On Twitter. Go ahead. Yeah, Taylor Hall. If he doesn't sign with Phoenix, I'd yeah. love to see the Sharks go after a Taylor Hall. How much is it yeah, going to cost, but, do you think? But do we have the money? Do we have the yeah, money for thing. Taylor Hall? Once again, you've got to question cap space. Yeah, yeah, we have twenty-six million dollars in three defensemen. Hey, is, is, Thor, is Thornton coming back? It's a I, I, I hope he does. It's a seven hundred. What is he at? Seven hundred and fifty or like nine hundred thousand dollars? I know. It's, it's, I mean, he's he's aging. I mean, I love Joe. Trust me, I love Joe. I mean, yeah. they have to. They have to again with a cab space. So you tell me is is what is the best player for what under three million bucks? You're not going to get a top six forward or a right winger for under three million bucks. Yep. So they have to trade away like a, a big contract. And anyway, it could be a Burns. It could be, shoot, it could be Carlson that has some, you I mean, basically, uh, you mean, sign off on it. Jones. Yep. They have to do something for the fan base, in my opinion, to look like they're actually trying a little bit harder. And I mean, sure. you might not get a high price for him, but look at moving Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, that guy's got a yeah. big price tag on him. And if that's the yeah. difference between signing a top forward like a Taylor Hall, you move Vlasic. I mean, and you don't, I don't think you should really be concerned about the return you get if it opens up other opportunities in free agency. I could see yeah. Vlasic being traded to Montreal because that's where I see him mostly going. By the way, did you guys see that uh, that surfboard? I don't even know what to call that. Uh, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I, think it was sick. I saw that. Oh, yeah. Fuck. What? The, <laughs> like a motor in the water? Hydrofoil yeah. surfboard. Yeah, like, yeah hydro, hydrofoil. Living his bad as fuck. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, well, that's what you get when you play in the NHL. You get to do shit like that. Eh, eh, yeah. Kyle? Who does that? I don't do that shit. Too <laughs> <laughs> many hip checks in your life. Now. <laughs> Too many hip checks in your life. The foundation would be yeah, no. off. You yeah, you got to have good balance. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have it right now. You used but, to, but not right now. Yeah, but but Dylan, to what you were saying, if, if you unload Vlasic's contract, again, Doug Wilson is the master of handing out no movement clauses or modified no trade clauses to fucking everybody, right? So if, if you unload Vlasic, you're getting seven mil off the books. Do you know how much seven mil is for a top six like right winger? You could get a perennial like franchise style player for that seven million fucking dollars. Like that's that would be an amazing improvement on the offense. Now, well, how, how bad yeah, it hits the defense? Yeah, exactly. That you could have yeah second and a third right uh, second and third line right winger easy for yeah. seven mil. Easy, yeah, without a doubt. Isn't the defense and the goalie where we need to improve though? Crazy, like, I, right? It's really easy to open up this cap space for our forwards, but in order to strengthen our D and our goalie, we're going to have to give up basically a franchise piece. Yeah, right. Well, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, if we're talking about moving out of Vlasic, I hate to say it, but you can replace him with a two, three million dollar defenseman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just put that out there. True. You can make yeah, that absolutely. move and free up the cap absolutely. space. Yeah, absolutely forward. true. Yeah. I think if you if you move anyone but Vlasic in that DM, so if you move like Carlson or Burns. That's basically this franchise saying we're going to rebuild. We're going to take yeah. four. Years. There's no yeah. way to move one of those key pieces, either Burns or Carlson, though, basically those two pieces, and we're still contending for the next two years. There's no way. 
No. Like they are our pieces. They're the, it, it, without them, we're not contending. It, and that's what in I, I feel that's what Doug Wilson. Do not do not forget. We also have an expansion draft coming up. Yeah, so you get a player yeah. that, that gets snagged essentially for free. Yeah. Well, and producer T, to your point about moving to Carlson or Brent Burns, like if you're looking at it from a defensive point of view, I mean, on defense, let's be honest, those guys in their own end, they're not the best defensemen out there. There's some guys oh, no. for three, four million dollars that can outplay them. So I think if you move a Carlson or a Brent Burns for, let's say, a, a forward, like a three million dollar forward, and maybe a second pairing defenseman. I mean, I don't know how much worse off you are on the back end, does to be quite honest. That, does that make you a Stanley Cup contending team? Though? No, and I, and I don't think after one year you can ever be a Stanley Cup contending team after being but in this bottom five. I guess that's the point, though, isn't it? We're not going to be a Stanley Cup contending team. So what's the point trying to plug some holes for the next two years? Why don't we just go on a full rebuild and get this shit right? Refill our youth system, get some good goaltending coming in, get some good defense coming in, right? Like, what's the point of plugging well, holes? Well, true. And if you're going to go into a rebuild, you're probably going to get rid of those guys anyways. So at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, I don't we got we got to get younger at one point. We can't keep getting older. I I think this is the point, though. I think you're right. We do have to get younger, and this is the point. Yeah, last I mean, year was yes. was win now. We're too old for this NHL. Look, look at the rest of the league, man. They're, all the good teams are run by youth. Yeah, all the good exactly. exactly. You, got, you guys seem to forget 2016 was the win now. Yeah. 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 But the difference between 2016 and right now, unfortunately, is that there's, just, there's way too much money tied into, say, six or seven players. So they didn't have that issue in 2016. So it's unfortunate, but – the way it is. And here's the thing, too, with the rebuild. When do you pull the trigger for a rebuild? Do you, you know, go into next season, try and make the playoffs, maybe just squeeze in, get eliminated in the first round, then come back the next season with kind of the same roster, and then all of a sudden you decide, okay, let's start a rebuild. And then that's another three-, four-year process after that. Now you're looking at a seven-, eight-year window, almost a decade to be competitive again? Or do you look at the roster now and say, hey, you know what? It almost doesn't matter what pieces we add and what complementary pieces we add now. We're not going to win the cup with this core. And you decide to pull the trigger on a rebuild early. I mean, that, well, it's tough. Hey, Dylan, Dylan, we got to stop trading away our first-round picks. Yeah. Well, yeah I, mean, no, I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's what we got to do. We got to get younger and we got to get better. Well, the only way to do that is through the draft. So instead of signing these players for a lot of money, it's, you know what? Let's go through the draft and let's build their, you know, let, let's go youth. Put them through the Barracuda. Get them better that way. And so, you know what, in five years from now, we have another talent we add. Instead of paying these players that are 30 years old so much money so, to you know, be here for five or six years. But I just, we, we got to rebuild the system, is my opinion. Uh, so, Doug Wilson has to do the work to do that, though. But he keeps signing big, big contracts. So is he the right? Is he the right GM then? How much time does he have left? That's my question. I think he the has only this. Year. He only has this upcoming. Uh, yeah, season. I think. Yeah, I don't think he's got the very, clock is ticking. I, mean, I love Doug Wilson, but you know what? I don't think he's got much time left unless this team starts doing something, or unless he convinces everyone it's going to be a full rebuild and we're going to trade away a lot of the big contracts. I think I think I'll, you hit the fucking nail on the head with that with Doug Wilson is that he literally either has to sell the whole like five years he has yep. to sell I'm gonna rebuild this team in five years or 
next year. This year was a dud. Next year we're gonna be we're gonna be Stanley yep. Cup again. I think that's the only way that he keeps his job. And I don't think that he has a solid argument for either. Right. So I really don't see him getting much further than this year. Yeah, it's, it's and the thing is, you know, if you have a mediocre team, like let's say they underperform this year. And I think we can all agree they did underperform this year. Going into next season, maybe you squeeze in the playoffs, maybe you just miss. And maybe that happens for two, three seasons. I mean, we're not going to improve that much drafting, you know, spot number 15 in the draft. We need top five draft picks going forward. And the only way to do that is to start shipping out some of these veteran guys. I don't think – you can't go half-assed. I mean – You know what the other problem is? A Shark fan are too connected to these players. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I I don't think the Sharks have ever been the type of team that are going to be – we scrape into playoffs and then we do it again next year. Like, I just don't think that's in the culture of the team. I don't think it's in the culture of the franchise. If the GM's fighting for his job, he'll scrape into the playoffs as many years as he can. The GM might be, but the fans aren't. The team isn't. I really think there's a culture in San Jose compared to, say, some other teams that have always been on that cusp or maybe had a run but then back on that cusp. We've really. We've always been in the playoffs and been a contender, really. Like, this is the first time we've really had the adversity that we're having. And I don't think any of us want this again. And I don't think anyone in that city wants it again. And I really think it's either going to have to be, like I said, a rebuild or next year something's going to change. But, yeah, this is something that the city has never gone through. And this is something I don't think the fans are going to put up with. I can see potentially, you know, the fans really falling out of love with this franchise if they're just scraping into the playoffs every year, out first round, out first round, out first round. Haven't we done that? Haven't we done that in the early two thousands? I was there. And we yeah. did that in twenty thirteen. We gave up the three nothing lead. Yeah, but yeah, then, there, yeah, right. two years later, two years later, we got the you know three. Yeah, we're in the country. Yeah, finals. So you know, yeah. we've always yeah. been. There. We've always been there. We've never been like this. We've never no. been that. Oh, we we're one point away from the wild. You know, the wild card. Really, yeah. for year after year after year. Here's a big difference, though. We had two of the best players in the league on our roster at that point, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Like, exactly. you know, for, yeah. for a long time, even if we missed the playoffs one year, we could bounce back and, you know, compliment them with some guys that we drafted, you know, 10th, yeah. 15th overall in the draft as secondary pieces. But guys that you draft at that position, the chances of them being first-line mm-hmm. players is, very, is not very strong at all. So but I also have to start adapting to playing without those all-stars on the team. Go ahead, producer. Yeah. Sorry, I was just saying, I don't think there's any bounce back. You talked about how every, you know, we might have had a bad year. We might have, like, two years of struggling, but we've got a bounce back. I don't see a bounce back. We've I never had that problem. I do not see it there. That's the issue. Like, with, with San Jose as a city and with this team is we had the longest streak of playoff appearances, and when we had that 2015 slump after the reverse sweep, we didn't make the playoffs. That's when we get rid of we get rid of uh, Todd McClellan. That's when we bring in Pete DeBoer, and then we go to the Stanley Cup the following year. You don't make the playoffs to so going to the Stanley Cup. I don't want people to get that like I don't want to say comfortable, but I don't think that's even in the realm of possibility this year. We went from like a bottom tier team. We didn't even make the top twenty four to go into the, like the qualifying <laughs> round this year. We were such dog shit with injuries and with the morale and everything that I feel like. It's going to take at least two years to get back into that position to be a contender. And if we're not even remotely on the fringe of playoffs next year, then people are going to be calling for D, for DW's head like like a, like it'll be a witch hunt. 
You know Do what, Kyle? Kyle, do you got Doug Wilson's email? Let's get him in on the Zoom chat. We got <laughs> send it, send it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep that to myself, guys. I am so sorry. I'm not giving out an information at all. Uh, I, I very much. Let me ask you guys this question: Is Bob Buchner the guy to go forward with, or should the Sharks bring in somebody else? See, that Ooh. was that was another idea. Like, it's who the fuck is out there other than what Peter Laviolette? And I'm not even sure if that's like actual was- real news. Exactly. That's the thing. There's no one out there, right? There's there's no one really out there. So they're gonna hundred percent keep uh, Bugner for this year. I think they I think they are because of Dr- what Drager said the other day. Because they have when Drager said they were hired when uh, Rocky Thompson was joining Bugner's staff. So I mean, you're you're not gonna leave an AHL position, a head coach position in particular, if you if the NHL head coach isn't going to uh, keep the job you know and so I think, yeah. I think everyone looking at the situation knows that you know what the head coach here is not the problem he's not he's he's far down the list for the san jose roster so it was what? not even pete DeBoer's fault last season i said that I last year i, I don't agree. think he's the reason why he should never been let go yeah. maybe 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 well, Steve no. Spot. He should have let go. Come on. Maybe Steve Spot should have went. Maybe not, Steve Spot. Maybe the change in assistance, maybe. Not players, more, if the players aren't buying into the system, you let the head coach go. And that's what yeah. it was. It was the entire system was not being bought into. And that references back exactly. to the Martin Jones statement. The second shit went downhill after Evander Kane had the suspension in the early year. And then we get fucking stomped by Vegas. It wasn't even like close. We get stomped by Vegas. Those games, we have that rough October, a halfway decent November. The second that this team no longer buys into the system, you have to ship the head coach out. No matter how great his resume is, sports is way too much of a recency bias uh, like industry for a 2016 Stanley Cup run to really count into keeping Peter DeBoer. And and we needed to get more defensive oriented. And with Bob Bugner being that defensively oriented person and already knowing more than half of this team, it was just the correct move for Doug Wilson to make. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I absolutely agree with that because, uh, the, I mean, the way I saw it is as soon as DeBoer got fired, I noticed that the Team D did objectively improve. The goaltending percentage did did improve. So Bob Boofner did legitimately do some good things. So I know what Boofner is capable of. And he was dealing with injuries too. You have to keep keep in mind. And the That's team true. was they were halfway decent for a decent stretch. But then once they trade away their expiring contracts, that's when you saw their record really plummet around February. They lost quite a bit of games. And so just I thought Boofner did a decent job for for everything uh, everything that went down. And I definitely think he deserves a uh, another chance to get the team to play off uh, contending status potentially. So yeah, yeah that's, that's another thing that the guy hasn't even had a full season to be a head coach yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he doesn't get to pick his own staff either. I mean, that's why exactly. the, bringing in the guy over from Vegas, like if you allow him, if you give him the opportunity to prove his worth, you might be able to find that diamond in the rough for, for, you know, for Boogie. Yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, what were your thoughts on Mike Ricci as the assistant? And I, I, I love Ricci as a player. I did not think he stood out as an assistant coach. Only Nabby, I thought, stood out as an assistant well, coach. I mean, we need, we need Nabby to stay, obviously. Mm-hmm. Ricci always, to me, struck me as someone who wanted to be in the front office, not necessarily yes. behind the yeah. bench. Yeah. And I think that's where he would do a better job. Personally. How, about Roy, how about Roy Summer? How about Roy Summer? Same thing. Didn't really, 
didn't really stand out to me in the assistant role yeah. as him playing a pivotal role in whatever success that Boofner did have for. You know, I like Roy bit. Summer. I like Roy Summer working with the Barracuda. You That'd bring those three guys in. Tie, though. Just, Great tie. Just, yeah, exactly. The Bolo's like swagger as fuck. No one can match that <laughs> at all. But you bring in those three guys because they are. How do I put this? They're, the city and the fan base is attached to those three players, specifically Ricci and Nabokov, because you bring those guys in, they're familiar faces, they're familiar names. It, it allows essentially you to suck as a team without complete backlash from like the fan base and from San Jose just in general. You used to wear like, a tie. Used to wear a tie. Oh, oh man. Oh. What a class. Nice. Good catch. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got everything. I love it. He's got it all. Can't I'm beat gonna the bolo. A, I'm gonna take a tour down there in Rancho one of these days, Steve. We got it. We got a link up, no doubt. I got my own bowling pin. Had a boy. That's awesome. <laughs> it was actually given to me by one of the off-ice officials, the AHL, when I was in San Jose. That's amazing. That's nice. Yeah. Kyle, where's your shark memorabilia? Come on, bud. You played for the team. I've already lived it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I've already lived it. It's it's in actually it's in crates in the shop. Uh, <laughs> I got a question for Kyle McLaren. where it is. I got a question for you, Kyle. Who do you still talk to from that roster you with? Do you still talk to uh, Wayne Primo? Do you still talk to Scott Thornton? Mike Greer? Uh, most, mostly I talk to Setaguchi, Thornton, Marlowe. Um, I'll text uh, Boston, like older Boston Bruins players a lot more. Um, but from the ones that I played with, it's usually Setaguchi and Thornton are the ones I uh, talk to most. How come you're not part of the NHL alumni? I'm part of it. I just I moved away. Oh, you moved away. <laughs> I'm up. I mean, I'm actually up in uh, Northern California now, so it just it's harder for me to get down there for games. I could uh, I could I could have met you last year at the Angel Alumni Event in Toronto. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. What? Well, you know, eventually, I'll get there. But you know, I just doing my own thing right now. Yeah, I understand that. I, 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 that's awesome. I, I say I would have met you. I, I, I met. Uh, I talked to uh, Scott Thornton last year. Yep. I talked to Rafi Torres. Yeah, I John, love him. John yep. Scott's part of the NHL alumni as well. Yeah, yep, love it. So is Wayne Primo, and no, yep. Primo and Thornton are so nice to talk to. Like, they're, yep, love it. Love all of them. Yeah, love it, all, it, love all the players I played with, and even against. That's the thing is, you know, the players I played against. Even George. You, know, you play a game, and that's it. You know, once the game's over, you, know, you go for beers with them and have a good time. I had a beer with Rafi Torres at that NHL alumni event in Toronto, and I got to say, that guy had some great stories. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, not surprised. <laughs> oh, better uh, despise, despise the suspension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kyle, better organization to play for, the Boston Bruins or the San Jose Sharks? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. If he says I, Boston, I'll go. That means Bruins. <laughs> I'd say, the, I'd say the Sharks. I'll just go with the Sharks right now. Right now. Yeah, right now. Smart, smart decision, Kyle. Present company given. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Oh, I, I actually do have a question for you, Kyle. Uh, do you have a, a yellow visor kicking around anywhere? You know what? I do. Uh, I actually have two left over in my hockey bag I still have. That uh, not around me right now, but it's in my hockey bag uh, in the shop. There you go. You sell those. Right? I should sell them. I'll sign them. I and, would uh, buy one. Yeah, yeah Steve just wants you to fucking sign it so you can get <laughs> <Yeah>. it over. <laughs> sign one for me and Dylan for fun. Yeah, right? 
It's like, nah, <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> well, I need you guys. That's what I'm thinking. I'll fucking put it up on my wall. Right above my bed. Oh my god, no, no thanks. Don't put it above your bed. Producer T, if he sends one to you, I expect you to throw that on a helmet and wear it during podcast. Use it. I would I would hundred percent wear it at work. Like I'm not even joking. <laughs> work on the phone. I'd be fucking have the visor on, the fucking headset. I'd be wearing that cosplayer headset at work. Dude, no hey, one T, would ever tell them it's for the COVID. Tell them it's for COVID. Yeah. You know, you're just doing yeah, it to no. protect your face for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> the, the yellow tint, it's like extra COVID protection. No, that if you work in front of a computer, you just say so it reduces eye strain. That's all yeah, you got to say. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's a good one, Nick. Yeah, it's perfect. There you go. All right. Does anyone else have any questions for us? Uh, dive into a little more Sharks talk before we uh, wrap this up. Wow, one of these days I'm gonna yeah, drive up to Newcastle and I'm gonna I'm gonna snatch you down and we're gonna go catch the Sharks game. You're yeah, 30 minutes. Oh yeah, that sounds oh great to me. Wait, oh, Kyle, what, what uh, Kyle will do, he'll get you in. What Kyle will do, he'll get you in the H, the uh, Sharks alumni office. There you go. There you go. Zach's making promises for you, Kyle. Zach's making promises for you. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a couple beers and Kyle will do anything you want. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you ever had this? This is local to, to you and I. It's a heretic. It's a tangerine ale. You got to try it. You heretic. Got yes, I've had a heretic. Yes. Yeah, uh, nice Steve, beer. I think yep. you had a question, didn't you? Yeah. Um, do you think the older guys even listen to Couture? You know what? Like, like Thornton or, you know what I mean, like that? No. I just, you know what? He's the captain. There's leadership in that locker room that doesn't need to have a, a C on their jersey or an A on their jersey to be a, a leader. And that's the way I always been. I mean, I had Joe as my captain. I had Patty as my captain. I had Ola Noel as my captain. But when I had something to say, it wasn't going through them. I had something to say. And so to me, is they're lacking total leadership role through the whole team. And again, you can even go for the whole organization. It's who's leading that charge. I'm just going to, yeah, I understand your point. I understand your point, but I honestly think the San Jose Sharks didn't need a captain this season. We could have went without it and maybe next year they could have the point of captain. I had Couture again. Chaos. I just, I mean, again, it, it, he was going to be the captain. The only thing that, to me, gets me was he wasn't he butt hurt three or Why four years Burns ago. Not, What's that? Why is Burns not captain? He's an alternate, I isn't he? I don't, I don't, I don't okay, think he is. I still feel like I, I don't know. Maybe it's so easy to outwardly judge, right? Yeah. We put her as a quiet guy on the ice. And whatever. Oh, right? Yeah, you know what? yeah, but so was Pavelski. I mean, technically, you know, I mean, exactly. he would no, do like play calls. Hundred percent. So it's easy for us to say, like, does anyone listen to whatever? Yeah. But I still feel like I don't know. For some reason, I I thought Burns w- would be captain before for, before Couture. Just he doesn't want he doesn't want to talk to the media. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. he's not a media guy. Cooch doesn't yeah, give a sense. fuck in any Cooch, of his yeah, interviews. Cooch doesn't give a fuck. You know, he'll he'll say what he want, what's on his mind, but is he team oriented? You want a team oriented captain? Anyone? Kowalski would talk. He would be honest, but he'd still keep it some things in, and he wouldn't call out his teammates. And to me, you don't call out your teammates. 
you call them out in private with right. the team, yeah. with the coach, and that's it. And that's the best thing I hate about the media. The media well, yeah, you know, media sucks sometimes. But they no, the media sucks all over, in my opinion. They hype everything up so weirdly. They so, just got to do their job, they, though. They hyped up the Sharks so big that last season. This so this season. is – this is why I think, and this has been my ongoing theory as to why Couture was given the C, whether or not anyone believes he deserves it. Couture was given the C because when Pavelski went down in that critical game seven against Vegas, Couture was the one that led the power play. Cooch was the one that scored those goals. Yeah. The entire fucking city was riding his ass, and he brought that team up from, from shambles. You know, we saw Kaner and Jumbo, you know, essentially escort Pavs off the ice. But who was the guy that went out there and got the first goal? Couture. Who was the guy that got the game tying goal? It was Couture. Sure. That's the guy that, that people ended up kind of just circling around, whether it yeah. be on the ice or in the locker room. We can't say for, for sure in the, in the locker room, but on the ice, it was vivid as fuck. He was the guy on the ice that commanded the Sharks. So it, it could have been that moment in and of itself that led to Doug Wilson giving Couture the C. That's what I feel like ended up happening. He I just him- feel I feel the cadency was forced. That's what I feel. But it's the way it's way it's what a fan feels like. They have to understand like wasn't like, it wouldn't it have only been forced because we did not replace Pavelski? Yes, yes. yes. I still don't fucking agree with that decision. Well, uh, Dylan I, already knows my love for Pavs. Literally, <laughs> Dylan, I think literally within the first the first few episodes I thought that our biggest weakness was the fact that we did not replace Pavelski. I think at the time I said it was for his goal scoring, but now looking back, I think it's less the goal scoring and more just the leadership. Like, we don't have that guy. I mean, Couture is amazing, but I don't think he's that guy in the locker. How was our offense set up last year? You know, the prior year. It was Burns tipping into Pavelski. It was that every fucking game. It was cycling pucks up to the point and and tip the pucks on net. The best puck tipper in the league leaves the team. Like, what the fuck? You lose uh, I, I think too, right? Yeah, you, you lose, lose the goals. Exactly. I think you the most ever. biggest problem though, the biggest problem sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. No. The biggest problem I think was the power play because there was too much passing. Way too much passing, less shooting. That's the way I thought they're doing. Just trying to be fancy. Let, they gotta stop being so fancy on the ice and just shoot the puck. And get the rebounds. Everybody that, Make the game simple, right, Zach? Just make the game simple again. There yeah. you go. Get bucks on that, right? Yeah, you know, hashtag it. <laughs> G, what were you saying? Um, you know, everybody can tell them to shoot the puck, and they always do in the whole arena. You know what I mean? But it's just whole scoring in general, not just on the power play. It's everything, you know? So we need some people to score. That's it, you know? So, you know, and that sort of went away with all the guys that went away. But that's rear view mirror, so what do we do now if we move forward, you know? I think, yeah. like, Dylan and me had the conversation at the start of the season. What's our strengths? What's our weaknesses? And I really genuinely did not put our weaknesses as our defense and our goaltend. I didn't. I thought the fact that we hadn't replaced Pavelski was our weakness. I thought that was our biggest weakness. And it turns out... That was a weakness, but our defense and fucking goaltending was crap as well, and that's why we completely shit up on the market, right? Yeah, it wasn't just. I thought it was just that. I really thought that Pavelski leaving and not replacing him. I thought we were going to outscore. I thought we were going to just get blown up. But if you look at the scores that we had, it was two one. 
You know, like they're all close games. We weren't blown out the water. It really was down to the defense and the, the goaltending. But I still thought that Pavelski really was that key piece that really failed to. Yeah, he, he was the rock of the team, no doubt. Stretching back to 2016 when they went to their Stanley Cup run. Yeah, Pavelski was the the grandma that kept everybody in, in check on that team. Yeah, if he you, had uh, that spoon and he had everybody in line, right? Oh, yeah, he was whooping ass. Like, it, he didn't give a fuck if you wore a C, if you wore an A. He was backhanding his teammates <laughs> in the submission. Um, if you listen, if, if you read uh, Shang Peng's articles, uh, he actually, on his new website, he taught, he interviewed Lukas Radil. And Lukas Radil himself said, yeah, there was a bit of a change once Pavelski left. So he himself said Pavelski leaving left a huge hole on the yeah. team. So came from the play- one of the players themselves. Yeah. And, and it, it, I don't want to, like, give any offense to Radil, but, like, a, a bottom-tier player. So imagine the uh, the effects that has on core members, on the foundation of the team. Kyle. Kyle, can I ask you, have you ever lost? like a, a key leadership role in the locker room when you've been there and like what effect that has on the room. Cause I really think that like losing Pavelski would have like lost a lot of energy. I'm just wondering if you've had that same kind of experience. Well, you know, the only person I can say is uh, Ray Bork. When he went to Colorado uh, and again, this is my Boston days is you know, he was a captain. He was a leader. He was every, I mean, everyone's look up to guy. So you had you had really nobody else because all the other players were gone. So the new regime came in, and Thornton was there, but he wasn't ready to lead, you know. And then a couple of years later, then I got to the Sharks. But you know, it, it's Pavelski's huge. And the funny thing is, is I actually te- uh, texted. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Tom Holy. He worked for the Sharks forever. He's on his way to Edmonton, and the first thing I said is, "Hey." Tell Pavelski to go kick some ass because he, I know he's ready. So, I mean, I'm already on top of those guys. But, again, it's, it's losing paths, hurt the Sharks. To me, is Couture was butthurt. You remember he was butthurt when he didn't get the A or C a couple years ago? Yeah. And to me, yeah. this even could have been a token kind of, you know what, we like you. We don't think you deserve it, but, you know, we like you. But I just – I don't think he's the right – Leadership, maybe a, maybe an assistant captain, yes. But I think there's better leadership in that locker room. And, again, I don't know who it is. Could be Burns. Could have been Blasic. You know what I mean? Somebody. But I, know, I, know, I know who the future leader is in that locker oh. room. Tom Ass Hurdle. Uh, no. He loves to be quiet. I like him as a player, but no. He's too goofy. I, I don't see it. Too, he, assist, but he brings that energy. Captain. He brings I just don't. I just, I just don't see him being a captain. Maybe six, seven, eight years. You know what I mean? How many? I mean, there's captains that have been around for twenty years on the same team. We're on our since two thousand. We've had Ola Nolan, Patty Marlowe, Thornton. You know, I mean, it, it's it's changing. You're gonna find that consistent leadership, which right now the Sharks don't have. If we keep crossing, I really. If we keep Carlson in two years, he'd be the captain. Yeah. I, I think Doug Wilson really – You're going to take it away from Couture? Yeah, I do. You know, I'm maybe right. Couture will grow into the role, though, too. So, you know. Yeah, I, maybe, yeah. I hope That's so. a good point, yeah. yeah. In that case, I don't think it would, but 
If it keeps yeah. going, it's going right now. I really seeing it going to someone where they've got the big money, they've got the contract, and you know what? Carlson's kind of the same personality from what I can yeah. see. Today. Yeah. Sure, he's not outward. He's not Burns. He's not Thornton. He's not yelling at everyone, right? I really do see him as the future captain if Doug Wilson stays and if they, you know, succeed. Plus, you got to look. He did that in Ottawa as well. He yeah. was the captain of that team. He's been under that microscope in a hockey, like a, like a like in that environment. Yeah. In that the he was under the fucking microscope. Yeah, it, yeah, all the time. So to have that in San Jose, I'm sure it would be actually easier for him than it was in Ottawa, yeah. and it would be familiar territory. Yeah. Might give him some confidence too, right? Yeah. Might give him that thing that he's maybe missing. Maybe he doesn't feel at home in, in San Jose quite yet. If they give him that responsibility through this rebuild, which I believe is going to be a rebuild, I, you know, in, I really do think in two years, two three years times, if we keep Carlson, he'll be the captain. I, I still think that he'll be the figurehead of this franchise. Guys, this San Jose talk has been amazing, but I want to ask you guys before we wrap this up about the playing series and the playoffs coming up. Obviously, the San Jose Sharks aren't partaking. But I want to know from you guys, what teams are you going to be watching closely moving forward into the summer? Because I know you guys are still going to be watching hockey. Yep. Um, for me, I w- I'm going to say uh, in – so, like, I have one team the East, one team the West. Uh, the East, I'm going to say Toronto because I really like Austin Matthews as a player. Um, I really like Steve Dangle. And they're going to suffer long enough, in my opinion. And I'm going to say Vancouver on the West because none of the players are on the team that played the Sharks in the 2011-2013 playoffs. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of uh, Pedersen, Besser. I mean, they've got a good team, and we get the chance to scout to Foley, who I hope the Sharks sign, but we'll see. But it's just they're two teams that have both suffered long enough, and I hope they make a run. And if they don't win... I do not want the Blues or Knights to win because I hate both teams with burning passion. All right, boys. Sorry, I think I cut out there. I think I'm. I think I'm back now. I got some of Kyle's internet coming my way. Uh, <laughs> Zach, what what teams are you going to be watching closely? So I'm be watching the uh, West. I'm watching Dallas closely because I want Joe Pavelski to go far and win a Stanley Cup possibly. In the East, is is tough because. I'm cheering for Barkley Goudreau. I'm cheering for Dylan. I'm cheering for Marlowe. It's so tough right down the East. You know, I want, I want, I want them all to win a Stanley Cup. Only one intently win the Stanley Cup. So if I'm going to cheer for anybody in the Stanley Cup, I'm cheering for Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Dylan. I think Dylan's uh, having internet problems right now. Producer T. Dylan's dial-up is kicking all right. in. It's all right. If Dylan's, I mean, he, he's freezing on us. It's all fucking good. All right. So for me, I I, I live on Vancouver Island. I'm gonna have to say for the West Vancouver. I think fucking Pedersen. I think Besser. I think if Markstrom performs, I really think that they could be the, the dark horse. I really think that they could kind of plow through and really surprise everybody. And from the playing round. Maybe Columbus. I really think that Columbus. I mean, they're a strong squad. I, you know, well, I know. I don't know if they're a strong squad, but they they bounce back from losing such key pieces so well. I I I don't really see much holding them back. I don't see them make getting the championship, but fuck, do I see them getting through the playing round for sure? 
Do they beat Toronto? I think so. I I I mean I hate Toronto, mind you, but whatever. I am I am cheering for Columbus. Yeah. I, I just I, I personally I just genuinely hate Toronto. So I, you know, do I can't stand the organization. I can't stand the organization as a whole. Everything that you pisses me off. Everything. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you, I spent two hundred dollars to sit in a three hundred level to see the Sharks and the Leafs play, and I got nothing out of that game. I got nothing but boring hockey. Literally. I'm going to tell you, what is so special about the city of Toronto and for hockey? I see nothing exciting about it. Kyle, what was the best city for you to play hockey? I was, I mean, honestly, it was, uh, I grew up an amateur Oilers fan. uh, And I just loved playing there because my parents were there. My family's there. I was going to ask all the family and all the boys out, everything when you came Yeah. Oh, it was just, that was just so the best cool. going, going. I mean, Calgary is close to my hometown, but I hated the Flames growing up. And my parents loved the Flames. My brother loves the Flames, and I was an Empire <laughs> fan. So, you know, when everyone came out to Edmonton, it was just, I mean, the history that I have with that team growing up, watching the Cup runs in the '80s, was just special. But that, that's my team. So, you know, I'll go with my teams this year. Is, is the Oilers? I'd love to see them make a run. They're a young team. I don't think they have enough uh, defense. I honestly think, sorry, guys, I think Vegas has got a shot this year. The goaltending is solid. They've added some freaking weapons up front. They're deep. Their defense is solid. Uh, again, coaching. Do you know what I mean? But I don't want to see them win. Do you know what I mean? But, again, I have a feeling they have a chance. And, of course, in the, in the East – the Bruins. I think they're going to make a run for it this year. They got a great team, a solid team. You can't go wrong with betting on the Bruins. You, you yeah, think? They, sorry. You sorry. You think you think the Bruins win it? I really feel like they are like number one contenders. To I, think, I honestly, I honestly, I like. I think it's going to be a Bruins, and I hate to say it again, Vegas final. Really? Vegas, is, Vegas has got a solid team. You can't, I don't you know can't. why. I got this little feeling that it's Vancouver going to be there. I got. I just. I, don't, I hope you're right. They're not, I mean, they're not. They're not there this, yet. I have this they're feeling Dallas could be there. I mean, I, I love Dallas. I just don't think they. Yeah. Have, I don't you think they take have off the those homer goggles, Vegas. T. I don't think they have I know, the Literally, I can't look out without seeing the Vancouver Canucks. I'm sorry, but they are fucking good. They they got the young pieces. They're I really, exciting. Hey, they're I, exciting. I honestly think I, I look at the Canucks now, and I hope that the Sharks are there in three years. Yeah, I think that they've like I know they can longer than three years, and they probably yep. you know. But in three, I want the Sharks to do what the Canucks did in three years because yep. you know what? That's exciting. It's young, good goaltending, yep. decent defense. Fuck, like it, it's literally everything you want really in a developing hockey team that's coming out of a rebuild. And you so get I, good hair from Brock Besser. No, yeah. fuck, dude, look, look at this shit. Look at this fucking flow. <laughs> I got the flow, boys. I got the Brock Besser flow. Keep your, hat, keep your hat on next time, please. I know. I never, I never take the hat off. <laughs> Flip it. <laughs> I got the mullet, you know. It's not bad. It's not bad. Right? Who's next? I, well, I, think, I think Dylan I think is. The, I think the Bruins are the powerhouse. 
Team Dilly and that other guy that's on the Cats, I forgot what his name is. I think he's Russian or something. Um, and then out west, Team ABV. Out west, Team ABV. Anybody but Vegas. Right. Bingo. Yep. What? So, is the Vegas thing just because, like, you know, I don't live in San Jose, right? I don't have, like, maybe as that huge of uh, aggression towards uh, Vegas. Is it is the proximity? Is it – what? what is it for – is it just because Man. that – you think if that playoff round didn't happen, we'd still have this ferocity towards them? Like, yeah. This, yeah. Towards yeah. Uh, our fan bases do not like each other, so this is That's not fair, kind right? of a virtual fair. thing yeah. also. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we, don't like, we don't like we don't like the Kings. We don't like the Ducks. We don't like <laughs> Vancouver. You know, if you're if you're a Bay Area person, it's the Sharks and no one else. Yeah, I, yep. I, I get that. You hate the entire Pacific Division, basically. If you're a exactly Sharks fan. yes, yeah. I get it. I don't hate the Kings as much anymore. Yeah, the Kings I'm are awesome. Brown, I'm though, I have to through, say that I am yeah. Sharks through and through. I cannot stand anybody in the Pacific Division. If you're in our division, I not I don't like you. There you go. The only That's team fair. that we don't hate right now is Arizona. That's because they have posed literally zero threat for the last 10 years. <laughs> and they're moving to the Central, so we don't Yeah, so, I mean, we're just chilling go. with, we're chilling with the, the Desert Dogs. So, so what, do you guys, what do you guys think about the Kraken? Like, do you think that's going to be an issue for, for the Sharks in this rebuild? Because, like, it's kind of inconvenient timing, really, if you think about it. We're going through a rebuild. There's a new expansion franchise in the same division. Do you think it's going to have an effect? Moving forward in the next I, 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 I see Seattle. Sorry. No, go I, I see Seattle having more of a bigger rivalry with Vancouver because look where they are. Look where they yeah. are. 100%. But I mean, like, just like Pacific division wise, right? They're, they're going to come in with this expansion draft, and we're not in a very strong position as a, as a franchise. No. Right, so is, is that? Do you think that's going to set us back? Maybe. And yeah, they're going to get they're going to get a good player from us. Yeah, we have to protect our our no movement clause and our no trade clause players. Who do they take? Redeem Shimek. They take Shimek. If I'm a Seattle GM, I take Shimek. Yeah, that's a good. It's a it's a solid defenseman for two million dollars starting next year. Like that's who I'm taking ten times out of ten. And it hits and it hurts us, or we need the fucking help, which is defense. Here's my question for you guys: How how much do you how how many years do you sign LeBanc for though? Can we even afford LeBanc? Three or four years is what I'm thinking, but I'm hoping it's no more than four million. But yeah, I, you gotta think that because he took one million uh, last year. He's good that DW has a side deal for him to get I, a little more than he deserves. Three, three and a half would be the perfect. Literally, I think that's the. I think that's you're not gonna sign. You're not gonna sign him for that. You know so? I mean, to me, he's a four to five million dollar player. They can't really? afford him. I mean, they yeah, get his. I just don't see it. Yep. Uh, it's that we're already cap strapped as it is. Yep. It's just going to be a shit storm. I mean, that was when I was the last time I was on the podcast, I talked about the reasons why I feel like Aaron Dell probably isn't going to be with the team. And that's probably the I main said too, to myself. We're just going to be so cap strapped. He's yep. just going to leave for free and it's not going to be what we need. Bye bye banker. <laughs> And anyway, you know, we need them, we want them, but I just don't see the money being there unless you get rid of like a, a Vlasic or you know a yeah. Burns or or a Jones. 
You know what I mean? But again, it's, he needs to move up the lineup as well. You know I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's certain things that have to happen to sign these players, but you have to get, we, we have to get younger. We have to get faster. We need the only, money. The only reason to do that, we need money. And we also need draft picks. We yeah. don't have draft picks and we just keep signing these 30 some year old players or, or late twenties. We're just going to be an average team where as a fan base, we want to win. And we're, the we're problem be, is also we're too connected to the players. Well, yeah, of course, but you, like, you got to let that go. It, 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 it's, that's what I'm saying. We have to let it go. We got to stop being so connected. We're yeah. going to be Minnesota for too long right. if we yeah. if we and we want to be Vancouver. We want to be yeah. Vancouver, right? Yeah. One thing. Yeah. One thing I remember is that when Brennan Dillon got traded, I mean, everyone was all surprised uh, when that happened. But I yeah. knew he was going to get traded from October, yeah. November once Mario Ferraro. Uh, really yeah. emerged and uh, yeah. and did his thing. So, so I know he was still was going to get traded, but when he got, when he left, yeah. everyone was all sad and stuff, but I had plenty of time for yeah. that. Like, I'm, Everybody I'm was upset when uh, Barkley Goudreau got traded. No, it was, the writing was on the wall. Contract players were getting moved out for picks. That was just factual information at that point. I got to interrupt you here, boys. As we lost Dylan there, I think we might've lost our recording. So, yeah, I know. We can still go. we got to just do the ending here. Um, he just called me, and he said that uh, I think the last little bit here we'll record. But we got to wrap it up here. And then uh, hopefully the recording will still work. Yeah. So uh, if everyone just wanted to kind of throw out their uh, Twitter hand, uh, their handle, we'll start with you, Nick, because you're, you're up there on my screen. And uh, we'll walk we'll work our way through, and then we'll end it up here. Yeah, my uh, Twitter handle is going to be at Nick Floor underscore. Zach, go next. Um, you can find me on at Zachman200. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at RockerZach. How about you, Steve? At SharkSan03. I got to say, you have awesome lights going on behind you. Oh, yeah, I love it. Love it. That 03 is for my uh, one of my favorites, Douglas Murray, who was in this room. <laughs> Great show. Wasn't Dan Rosanowski in that room too? He did a yeah. whole thing Dan on your room. How about you, James? At some kind of James. Awesome. How about you, Kyle? I know that we know yours, but we'll go it again. Right. McLaren underscore K. Awesome. Did I get you, Josh? I think I missed you on the start there. Uh, not yet, but uh, my Twitter handles at jzalk, and you can also follow me at Instagram at the Josh Zalk. So, yep, very simple. Awesome. awesome! Thank you guys for joining us. I'm sorry that we had to cut it a little short there abruptly. Uh, hopefully, Dylan gets the rest of this. But it's been amazing chatting with you guys. We'll definitely do this again. Uh, seriously, you, you guys have been awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Thank it's you. a pleasure to be here. It really is. We we we, we got to we we definitely will do this again. Yes, definitely. I love having all the Sharks uh, fans input. This is what it's all about. It's a it's a, a fan pod. we got Kyle here, you know, the former player. Give you access to something. Amazing having him here. Oh, yeah. yeah Kyle, you're the we're man, amazing. dude. You are the man. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for the name. It was awesome. There you go. All right, guys. I'll have a good night, and we'll see you maybe next week or the week after, all right? All right. Take it easy, fellas. Take care. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night, boys.
from Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice Podcast wherever you find your podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, and oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, have to be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, it's. Enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from.